Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. That is 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to get to the real deal of what really works, to give you the truth, get past all the disinformation out there, and most importantly, really tell you why things work. Because I've always believed that if you really know the why of things, the how to do it doesn't matter as much, and you're going to really, really go about it and do it yourself, which is great. Before I get into today's topic, I want to thank our very first loyal sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 280 five-star reviews on Zillow. And you know what? They like to bring the strength back into real estate. If you need assistance, please give them a shout at 386-451-2412. All right, so I'm going to talk about a study. I just saw an article that was done by the American College of Sports Medicine. And uh, for those that don't know, they're like the, the big cheese in my industry. As far as I'm concerned, they're the top certifying body and they really bring some legitimacy to the health and fitness world. Um, I'm a uh, certified member of them. Uh, Ellen's a certified member of them. I mean, they just, um, you know, they, they do all their science. They do what we need to do so we can keep everybody on the straight and narrow and keep them away from different kinds of disinformation. So with that in mind, I want to talk about an article that they just have put out there that I really enjoy. And it's um, the title of it is called the coming of age of resistance training as the primary form of exercise. And I found that to be interesting because, you know, the coming of age indicates that, uh, like, this is all new information. But that's not really what this is, and that's not what the information is really all about. Um, as I often state, there's not a lot of new things in health and fitness as far as what's really most important. I mean, if you study the studies, which I do, I get all of the journals and I go through them. And, you know, to be honest with you, you know, half of them as I thumb through, I have zero interest in because they're not really finding out too many new things. And, uh, you know, when you're told this is the new hot method, like, you remember Tabata like 10 years ago. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Tabata as an interval system, as a way to time certain sets and things. That's all well and good. But I remember people coming out and kind of misquoting it, talking about how like if you only did four minutes of exercise a day, which is the length of one Tabata set, then that's all you need and all this. I mean, it's just such nonsense. I mean... You're going to get hit with that all the time. And whenever somebody comes out and says this is the latest and the greatest, I mean, most likely just simply, you know, turn the dial, so to say, or keep scrolling, you know, wherever you're getting that information from, because there's not a whole lot of latest and greatest out there. I mean, there's some things that we twist a little bit. We find out some new things, but there's really nothing new in the world of fitness anyway. You know, I shouldn't say health because there's a lot of different studies coming out with that. But 
in the world of physical fitness, I mean, it, it's going to come down to a healthy diet of strength training, a healthy diet of cardiorespiratory training, and literally a healthy diet, which no, they're not finding out too much new about that. All right. So the title of the article is interesting, but you know, I read these things so you don't have to essentially, although you're always welcome to. I'm always happy to give clients the stuff that we read so they can see it for themselves. But um, the, the title isn't so much that there's something new. It's that what we've already know is finally, finally, finally reaching the general public a lot more. And, um, you know, as I said, there for the longest time, what people think of as exercise, I shouldn't say the longest time, in, in the 70s and 80s, pretty much everybody knew cardiorespiratory endurance was important. I mean, people were jogging, people were running, people were going to their aerobics classes, people were doing jazzercise, uh, people were walking. You know, uh, we knew based on Ken Cooper's research of the Cooper Institute and kind of he's labeled the father of aerobics. I mean, we, we finally got the idea that we need to be doing our cardio. So the people that were into fitness, again, in the 70s and the 80s and early 90s were definitely getting into cardio, which is great. But back then, only a select few were really doing strength training. And I should say like a few demographics. And that was mostly your younger male population who wanted to get bigger you know, nowadays call it swole, right? They wanted to get swole. They wanted to get stronger. They wanted to look better for the ladies. And there was some women that were um, forward thinking, which is a good thing, you know, in that they're getting to the gym because they also wanted to work on their physiques more. And they weren't like, uh, they luckily they didn't believe the old thing that you're just going to get too big and all that. And they were working out at the gyms. But other than that, it wasn't really mainstream population going to the health clubs as far as working out with weights. Um, now, big changes were made in the 70s when Arthur Jones founded Nautilus and Nautilus started making it more accessible for everybody to go to the different health clubs because then there wasn't just free weights in the gyms, which as you know, or hopefully know, I love free weights, I love all modes of activity, but not everybody, especially when you don't have the strength levels yet, can do certain free weight exercises, right? So the machines made it to where everybody could essentially start somewhere. Also, they just looked more aesthetically pleasing to people who didn't necessarily wanna go into a gym that looked like it was just a bunch of sweaty guys on dirty machines, you know, the, the old look of some of the old-fashioned gyms, which personally I don't mind a whole lot, but I could see where it wouldn't be the most uh, attractive place for the majority of the population to go. So the machines, the selectorized machines changed all that. They changed who can use it, who wants to use it, and that was a big part of the reason why the industry changed quite a bit and more and more people started going into the gyms to work out. And by the way, as far as the latest statistics go, over 55% of the population that go to health clubs now are now women. So that's changed dramatically from the 80s and 70s where it was mostly men. 
And the majority of people that now go to fitness centers are seniors. So that has changed dramatically from the 70s and 80s as well. Now to add to this good news is the fact that now everybody is learning that strength training should really be at the forefront of what everybody is doing. Now, you know, some people will say it's the number one, you know, and and, uh, I don't ever say that. I think strength training and cardio is the king and queen of physical exercise. I think you absolutely need both. But I will say that, like, if you don't have a strong skeleton, if you don't have strong joints, if you don't have strong motor skills, it's going to be very hard for you to do the appropriate cardio that you need to do to strengthen your heart and keep your weight down and all that good stuff. A friend of mine, years and years ago, we used to try to make the term orthopedic threshold. Never really caught on, but it caught on with us. But what that basically means is that you know we all do have an orthopedic threshold and we want to try to raise that because let's say that if your knees give you a lot of trouble and you're not making them better, then you're not able to do maybe the power walking and jogging or the walking or the, the cycling that you need to do to strengthen your heart. So, you know, that's going to affect your, your cardiac health as well, just that part alone. So we have to be putting that at the forefront. And now, according to this latest article, it's finally getting there. Like the population is finally starting to pick up on the fact that strength training needs to be at the forefront along with cardio as your primary means of health and fitness. Now I give the medical community a lot of credit for this because I do think they are now telling people you need to do it. I mean, that's my experience. I um, train a few different physicians and I know that they tell their patients that and I don't think I'm really unique to that. I do think that that's been a big part in the medical community for primary care physicians and internists to make sure that they are telling their patients that they need to strength train. And the research is just overwhelmingly strong as far as not only does it raise your orthopedic threshold, which we want, not only does it make you stronger so your activities of daily living are so much better, not only does it improve your tonicity so you're looking better and feeling better and having more confidence, But now they're finding out that even without cardio, it's improving diabetic symptoms. Even without cardio, it's improving cardiovascular health and even blood pressure. Even without cardio, it's improving how people are feeling going through cancer treatments. And of course, the, the one thing that is being pushed over and over, which is absolutely true, is it's the only way to really prevent as much sarcopenia that occurs. And sarcopenia is age-related muscle mass loss. So if you don't strength train, you're not going to maintain your muscles. Use it or lose it. And they're finding out now that sarcopenia is the number one driver of not aging gracefully. So if we're losing our muscle, we're losing our strength. If we're losing our strength, we're losing our mobility. If we're losing our mobility, we're not able to do the things that 
we want to do or need to do and we start to put ourselves at risk for falls and when we start to have falls we start to really get into some medical issues so the way what we have control over now the way to try to prevent all that is to not allow sarcopenia to increase at the rate that it is going to increase at anyway and research has shown over and over and over that strength training reduces the risk of losing muscle and of course we gain muscle when we work out and studies have shown that we can go through hypertrophy even into our 90s that has been some research you know years and years ago i was still at my spruce creek flying location and i remember um a lady called and she said she wanted to come in for a consultation because she wanted to get stronger and i said okay you know that you know i love when that happens to those tell clients that like that's like the easiest job for me is to help people get stronger like if they say you know i only want to get stronger i want to be able to do the things that i love to do it's like okay that i mean that's easy i mean it really really is we just get on a progressive overload resistance training program we get stronger i find them the movements that they can do and we do them and we keep increasing them until they get stronger and stronger and there we go you know in contrast to that would be weight loss which is very, very difficult because then I got to get them to do what they need to do on their end. And that's not always as easy. But anyway, came in for a consultation. We're sitting there. Very, very, very nice lady. And uh, I said, so what is your primary reason for wanting to get stronger? And she looks at me straight faced and she goes, I want to be able to vacuum my house without pain. And, you know, I thought she was kidding because it's like, you know, really? I mean, you want to be able to vacuum when so many people complain about vacuuming and complain about housework. And she went on to say, no, I'm, I'm really, really serious. I love housework. I love doing it. it keeps me busy, keeps my mind occupied. And, and I've noticed that, like, I, I can't do without back pain anymore. And I said, hmm, okay. So, you know, no problem there. And uh, we started working out, got her on a strength training program, you know, started doing her hip abductors and her leg extensions, leg curls, strengthening her lower body core and of course training her lower back and all the muscles that are involved with all that and it wasn't like a month into it before like she was already so much stronger and she came in she goes oh I can vacuum pain free this is great da 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 and you know and, and then time goes by and time goes by and I ended up training her for years and it was like the vacuuming thing kind of became a joke because it was like it never even came up anymore. It was just absolutely a part of her life again where she can do all of her chores that she loved to do. And, uh, you know, that was fixed and we moved on to bigger and better things like whatever they were. I don't remember. I just always remember the, the vacuuming. But, you know, for so many people, that's important. And it was so cool that she got that message 15, 20 years ago because I don't think... I, I don't, I, I don't know for sure, but I don't think when you went to the physician back then and said you're having a lot of back pain that they said, well, you need to work out. I just don't know that that was like being talked about. I think, you know, too often it was, you know, the usual, well, take time off from what you're doing, which is the polar opposite of what you should be doing. Or maybe they were saying, you know, take, put um, heat on it, you know, contrast heat with cold, or maybe they're saying, you know, take Advil. I don't know. Worst case scenarios, maybe they were do, trying to do something more dramatic than that for back pain. But, you know, so for her to think that back then was like forward thinking. And I think it's so cool. And it was just 
more evidence of how great working out is, but I can now say we, we fast forward 15, 20 years and, and physicians are telling their patients, you know, you need to exercise to strength train, you know. So that's just one of the examples I like to use. I mean, 80% of Americans have back pain at one point. And, you know, it's probably no coincidence that under 20% of the population works out on a regular basis. So, you know, I'm glad to see all this moving to the forefront. It's not just for the meatheads anymore, people. It's just not for the grunners and the groaners and all those people, which, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's for everybody. And I want everybody to start picking up their weights and getting stronger because your body, your friends, everybody will thank you because you'll flat out be happier and enjoy your life more. All right. So now let me thank Overhead Door of Daytona Beach, the greatest garage door company in the area. And we are fortunate to have a local branch here owned by Jeff and Zach Hawk, the best customer service. If you need any help, please give them a shout at overheaddoordaytona.com.